Have you ever seen members of a family business arguing on how to do something in front of their customers? It could be unsettling to say the least. So what happens to that family business when the older generation wants to retire? How can the younger generation of that family share their ideas and feel like they're being heard? A business that is divided, they say, can usually not agree on any decisions that it makes. And these type of issues, well, they affect all areas of the business, including its marketing. So how can businesses and people change? These are really difficult questions to say the least. And that's why I brought an expert onto the show today who deals with business succession to deal just with that issue. Because businesses who align amongst the generations with a succession plan will be able to move forward, working together as a unit where they can have a strategy on how they're gonna market their business. Hey, it's Matt Hepburn. I'm an SEO professional with 13 years of experience working as a consultant, working in large and small agency. And for the past seven years, I've been working in the enterprise sector for some of the biggest brands out there. I provide SEO tips for beginners, and I tell you straight out what's going to work and what's not going to. And I can tell you, if a business is not aligned on its marketing, no SEO strategy is going to work. Welcome to the EMJ SEO podcast, where it's all about you learning SEO so you can get an industry job later. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, Stephen, I, I hope you could uh, give the audience a little bit of background about uh, what you do and who do you speak to, because I know you you travel an awful lot. We were just talking about that uh, offline, so that'd be fantastic. Yeah, so travel is a travel has come raring back since COVID. So obviously in COVID, everything went online, but now uh, everybody's looking forward to that face-to-face um, -face experience again and and meeting in 3D. And uh, so I was just uh, facilitating a, a week-long leadership event in Malta. Uh, I got back last night and it was funny. There's some of the people who were there who I've met like maybe five or six times virtually in the last two years. But when I see them in person, it's like, oh my God, you're, you actually are in 3D or you're, you're taller than I thought, or you're shorter <laughs> than I thought, because we, we've only ever seen each other and we've connected really well, but we've only really seen each other in, in 2D. So, um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, um, so I have a, we, we have a couple of things in the business, but, um, what, what we're talking about today in succession planning. So I have a, uh, a business a company called uh, Successful Succession, which uh, is all about helping uh, family businesses to scale through the generations. Uh, so I facilitate workshops. I talk on leadership academies. I deliver leadership academies and facilitate events. Uh, I do strategic planning and um, and talk to people uh, about uh, how to figure out how we can get uh, our businesses to scale through the generations because I've grown up in two family businesses and it's a, it's a real passion project of mine. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about um, how companies can figure out the future vision of a family business, right? Uh, what does that take and how do we get everybody on the scene, you know, aligned? Absolutely. So I, really, the reason that this whole thing became so important to me was 
I mean, it's a, it's a good 12 years, 13 years ago now when because my wife was pregnant with our second child and she's 13 now. So I can I can kind of gauge the, the timeline in that in that context, um, because I nearly walked away from the family business. I've grown up in the family business. I've worked summers and holidays uh, since I was 12. Um, and I, as soon as I left college, got involved, went away for a bit, came back uh, and worked my way up through the business. But about 13 years ago, I, I nearly walked away from everything because we were fighting so much. We were arguing about what we should be doing. I had one vision for the future of the business. My folks had a different vision for the future of the business. Or it's not that they had a different vision. They had a, probably a shorter term vision because they, they didn't want to risk stuff. They didn't want to be looking 30 years into the future when they were much more focused on what we need to do in the next six to 12 months. And for me, that's a big mm -hmm. um, pain point in family businesses when it comes to the the actual, the nuance of succession that there is, when, when the time comes for the current generation and they say, look, we need to hand it over to the next generation and we need to pass on to the next generation, whether that's buying, gifting, whatever, there's plenty of, of um, professional services, people that can help you with the tax and, and legal side of that. Um, but really, there needs to be an alignment. For me, there should be about a five-year window where the current generation and the next generation are working in unison. The current generation has a five-year vision on what they want to accomplish in the business or what they what mark they want to leave on it, whereas the next generation could have a 20 to 30-year vision of what they want to do with the business. But for those next five years, they have to align uh, to be able to move in, in the direction that the company needs right. to move in. right. That, that makes perfect uh, sense. You know, they need to work in tandem and they need to learn the the new, the younger generation needs to learn from the lessons from the older generation. Correct. So I so I came up with this um, uh, cycle called the five P's of succession planning. So it, it was going to be the five S's, but I'm Stephen Short from Successful Succession with five more S's. It'd just be ridiculous. So I changed <laughs> to the five P's. Yes. Um, so the first P is, is this alignment. It's what's the purpose of the business? What are we actually here to do? And you can pivot that. You can change it. You can adapt it. And, and throughout the course of history, businesses have changed and adapt and moved and, and done all kinds of things. And I have a whole um, talk about that as well. Um, but really we need to identify what is the purpose of the business? What are we here to do? What's the ultimate goal? What's the BHAG? What's the, the ultimate vision? Because once we get clear on that, then we can get clear on everything else we need to do. Because once we have the purpose, then the next P is pick who's the right person. And it's not necessarily the right person forever. It can be who's the right person for the next 10 years. And then somebody else might take over in 10 years. Um, the third P then is prepare. So this is getting um, the next generation ready to take over, um, whether that's they're learning everything they can in the business or they're going outside to get external development or training or whatever. Right. Then the fourth one is promote. So there's there's two uh, meanings to promote. First is actually giving the the next generation the baton, passing on the baton and, and letting them run with it. But the second one is also promoting it by being their biggest cheerleader in public and saying, no, no, that's that's Junior's responsibility. That's Junior's decision. Right. Uh, and then the fifth one then is, look, uh, I, don't, I don't know how clean your podcast is, but it's proverbially going to hit the fan at some stage. So the fifth P is patience. Right. Right. Absolutely. So you were talking about like 
um, moving the person up there. So how do you how do you make that next gen leader for the business? How do you choose that? Um, you know, uh, it may not always be the person who's been kind of been like the heir apparent, right? It's but like who's Absolutely. the best fit for the business? So I uh, an example that I give to people is I remember having this conversation during COVID actually um, with a current generation entrepreneur and. He is the the typical CEO out there getting the business, promoting the company, promoting the brand, getting deals, doing the high level stuff. And his son is interested in getting involved in the business, but his son is not the same personality. So that's why like he's he's not a traditional, typical CEO kind of out there driving the business, being the face of the business and uh, gregarious and going to the networking events and stuff. He's But he is really good at process. He's really good at detail. So we worked out a, a plan, and so the son is a little bit young to be getting into a formal thing now, but we're identifying these are the traits and these are the strengths of the son. So the plan will be in a couple of years' time when the son, if if and when the son decides, yeah, I want to get involved in this, that we're going to look, we're going to find a CEO for hire. We're going to find an external CEO, some hotshot who is going to then be challenged and charged with Okay, so in the next 10 years, we want you to take the business from three to 12 million, for example, or something like that, uh, to have those targets, to have your driving the business on. And my son's going to work alongside you as the COO, and he's going to be the process and the delivery and working and knowing every nuance of the business, working hand in glove with you. Then once we get to 10 years time, we've built it up to 12 years, then you get a massive golden parachute, a huge payout, and off you go to be able to go to a bigger organization and, and you've done this amazing stuff. And then the son steps across into the CEO role because then it's once they get, and we kind of figured that 10 to 12 million was kind of the in, in his business, like you don't need to grow it anymore. You can really spend an entire generation just maintaining it and optimizing it. Um, so then the example, the, the thinking behind this was really Apple, like with Steve Jobs, he was the the CEO kind of gregarious, the right. thought leader and, and, um, and was, was the, the behind the, the scenes. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was, it was Tim Cook really is what I was. So Tim Cook actually did everything, but then since jobs uh, passed yeah. away, Tim Cook moved into the CEO role, not the traditional growing the business, but it has never been more profitable. It's all streamlined and everything else. They're right. not, they're not really making anything, uh, earth changing anymore, but they're still a hugely profitable, hugely successful business. So it's it's understanding that. So the pick is not necessarily who's going to be our forever right. next generation leader. It can be who's the next. So we might we might say actually, um, we've had a bit of turmoil now. So let's say uh, within the family, let's take a hypothetical example. The the current generation, the father or the mother has died suddenly. So we might actually need a leader for the next five years to stabilize the market, stabilize things. And then we need a different CEO in five yep. years time to actually start ramping up the business again, ramping and, and scaling. So we might look at having a CEO for now. And then a CEO comes in, a different CEO comes in uh, for another five years and then swapping back again once we stabilize things again. So there's, uh, there's different strengths that can be utilized at different times. And this is why the 30 year vision, the longer term vision is is so important because then we're not just um, dealing with egos and, and saying, well, oh, I want to be the boss. So no, you let your sister play or let your brother play or something ridiculous like that. We're saying, well, yeah, in order to get us there, what do we need to do? What do we need to do now? What do we need to do in five years, 10 years, 20 years time? So that's why the pick, 
there are sometimes in the family businesses where the pick happens almost before the purpose. Like uh, we've all seen companies like O'Neill's and Sons. So, I mean, guess who's joining the family business, but the sons who are coming in. So the pick has already happened. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, but thankfully these days, it doesn't, it, it isn't just automatically the, the eldest born son. The people are really looking at um, what, what are the best uh, traits that we need to see us through the next 10, 20, 30 right. years, as I said. To, to that point, what are the typical pain points that you uh, that come across succession and uh, family businesses? What what do you see as the most common issue or, or hurdle that needs to that they need to get all on the table for to to come mm -hmm. to an agreement with? So a lot of what I see is uh, it's personality types. So there's there's different leadership types that are prevalent in different businesses. Um, there's also different perspectives. So next generation leaders, again, obviously uh, I'm making a broad generalization now, but next generation leaders tend to be more, a little bit more comfortable with risk and kind of taking a longer term view, whereas current generation leaders tend to be a little bit more risk averse because they've built it up to this point and they have more to lose, if you like. They have uh, a shorter period of time to lose. Sure. So their perspective on how how leveraged the company should be or how risk um, how much risk should be taken on can cause an awful lot of tension. But I find that a lot of the time it's, it comes down to personalities. So there's six different leadership types, for example. Uh, if you And the stereotypical, let's say you have a results-driven leader as the... the the founding current generation who's in their 60s, 70s, kind of looking to, or 60s, say, uh, looking to to start exiting. And the next generation in their 20s, mid-20s to 30s, they might be a thought leader. They might be more about the creativity side of it and wanting to maybe take some of the, the, the services and productize them to scale them, to have a bigger vision for, for what they can do. Or it could be, that they want to be, uh, they want to be more creative and more um, aesthetic about what they're doing. Whereas before, they might have been the, the products might have been more functional, for example. So there's a there's um, there's a disconnect in how people are approaching the same problems, but because um, of our unconscious biases, and we all have these unconscious biases, um, people attacking my ideas after a while can start to um can start to push buttons so i have a i have a phrase which is like right. blood is blood is thicker than water we all know that phrase um but it definitely mm -hmm. boils quicker so family members can really get under each other's skin a lot quicker than other people can for sure for sure so kind of a related topic uh how do business strategies usually change a lot with um succession um I, i'm sure a lot of it's tied to the plan but um I kind of when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking about, you know, the older generation is retiring. So there's also possibility of, of funds that need to go out of the business to help them fund their retirement as mm -hmm. well. So I wasn't quite sure. Um, you know, that's got to be a, a very difficult topic because you still need to have, keep enough funds in the business to keep it afloat as well. Yeah, I mean, again, that that probably varies from from country to country for tax reasons or for purposes or whatever. Right. Um, I mean, I've I've met entrepreneurs who are very comfortable going, look, I'll take the minimum out because I want to have the biggest uh, kind of buffer for the next generation. To I don't want them to struggle the way we did. Right. 
I've also uh, talked to current generation owners who are like, no, I'm taking everything that I'm due. I worked my ass off for this and they need to earn, they need to to learn through tough times. I mean, um, what is it? It's some, the phrase, um, hard times make hard men, soft men make, so, soft times make soft men, which yep. lead to hard times, which lead to hard, that kind of, I can't remember exactly the phrase, but it's the, yeah, the cyclical yeah. nature of this. No, so there are next gen, current generation people who are like, no, I need to, I need to put some hardship, not onerous hardship, but I, I, I don't want them to just have yeah. the feeling that they can have cash whenever they want, that they've got to, they've got to sweat for it a little bit. Uh, so yeah, it, it really does depend. Um, but this is why having these conversations and having the, these conversations about the purpose of the business is so important. Like, where do we want to go? What's the realistic timeline for this? Um, and these conversations should not be had in the office or in the family home. They should be had in kind of neutral ground because it, it has the potential to be uh, contentious for one or the other or the feeling of the power play or something like that. Yeah. So go out for dinner, um, go out for drinks, but not too many drinks because then it can get rowdy as well. Um, but going out to, <laughs> yep. to offsite for neutral places uh, is the best place to have these kind of conversations and have them as early as possible. Uh, and have them for as as drawn out as possible, and put all your cards on the table. No, I think that's I think that's uh, being transparent is is great, and uh, it makes perfect sense that it's going to be different for each business. So, talking about um, the uh, business environment, uh, I was wondering if you could just give your perspective on uh, raising in the the raise of inflation and how that is affecting succession in businesses as they transition um yeah um i mean the the obviously inflation is going to affect the business um whether that's uh, and how the succession plans there there might be i mean I, i've talked to current generation entrepreneurs in uh like back in the day 2008 2009 decided look they're gonna they're gonna exit um they're gonna get out of their business they're gonna sell it on to somebody else or or um sell it or or sorry, exit the business completely because they could see it's going to take us 10 years to to get back to that prof, prof, um, profitability. And I just don't have those 10 years in me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to go, you know what, I'm where we are now. I'm okay. There are other people um, that said, okay, um, the value of the business with the the inflation and with the way the, thing, the market is going, the business valuation is the lowest it's been. So now's the time to pass it on to the next generation because the taxes will be lower because the valuation is lower and all that kind of stuff. Again, varies from market to market. Um, so I can see a lot of things happening over the next, and I, I think I saw something where in the next 10 years, it's going to be the biggest transition of wealth from one generation to the next, because all of the the people who are in their 60s and 70s now that have set up these these big businesses, millions, 10 million, 50 million euro dollar businesses that are passing it on to the next generation. And it'll be around now when sure. those uh, things are happening. Um, inflation obviously going to have a massive part of it, but the economy and how uh, things react to all the the world crisis, and we're so connected now that one thing happens on one side of the world, yeah. and we're feeling it over the other side. So it's a global economy for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it's um, it's not separate in country anymore. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so one thing that I kept that, that I was thinking about when I was I was putting together questions for you, and I said, "Well, what what happens to a, a a family who just can't agree with 
the succession or 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 how to do that how do you how do you bring them back to the table how do you make them uh, and i'm sure in some cases you can't right but how how can you get them to get to the point where they are compromising and making decisions for the business and not just being ego-based so uh, unfortunately again history is littered with tragic stories where amazing businesses have just completely run into the gutter because families couldn't agree um we have there's a litany of cases here in ireland um they're very public some of them um so really again it all comes back down to the purpose so um if we can get people aligned and to in a lot of cases it's the ego and this the the eldest son wants to be the bravado CEO, but actually maybe isn't doing a great job. And it's actually the the sister who is the better CEO, has the more stable head and the more business head on them. Um, but there's a tension in that. And then there's who decides and the parents don't want to get involved and they don't want to upset anybody. And I mean, we I've had conversations plenty of times with people who are tied and they're, they're they can't decide whether the family dynamic is more important or the business dynamic is more important, whether they should focus on the the purpose of the business and say, look, this is, this is the way we're going and we want to make a go of it. Um, and then people within the family business will have to just roll along and say, look, this is the way it is. This is the decision. Um, and we need to, mm-hmm. to move forward with it for the sake of the family and for the sake of the business, or we can, go down the road of unfortunately the road that a lot of companies have gone down and the squabbling just causes the business to implode and everybody loses. So, um, yeah, it really, it is, it's, it's a, I, in those cases I'd be talking about, I'd be looking at doing uh, personality profiles. I'd be talking about having conversations about that, which are about the personalities, not the people. Um, so how do these things play out and how can we, uh, be aware of this and what kind of unconscious biases are we potentially seeing here and how can we help that um, and then make it as as transparent as possible to go look and more often than not I've found people will start to go okay well ultimately this is what we want uh, and we can figure out the how we get on as the CEO and the CMO for example so the bravado person might actually be the great chief marketing officer but maybe not the operations and actually, when we break down those things and make sure that we have everything on a on on a level authority, because a lot of the time it's not that they want to be actually doing the sleepless nights and doing the books, it's that they want to be seen as being in charge. So there's areas that we can help make sure that right. people are getting the underlying thing of what they want. So if we look at this, like I do a lot of stuff with uh, crucial conversations and getting past these points of conflicts, for example, what's the underlying problem that they have and how can we address that? I think that's the key thing right there. That's, that's gotta be that the main drivers of, of all this tension, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's, that's fascinating. So where do you see a uh, succession going in 2023? I, and you know, you just kind of talked about within the next 10 years, it's going to be the, the largest, one of the largest transference of, of wealth in, in mm-hmm. recent history. Uh, what do you see happening uh, this year? Uh, well, I mean, it's, I suppose it's hard to say until, unless there are a couple of things like valuations drop. If there's if there's a kind of a, a global crisis, then the the passing of wealth can happen with paying less taxes and then seeing a rebound. So it it depends on what the economy mm-hmm. does. Sure. Um, 
but the thing that I have always found interesting with this, the term family business really has only been around for probably about 30 years now, for as long as like mm -hmm. economics has, has existed. Family business is a fairly new term. Before that, it was just business because all businesses right. essentially were family businesses, whether you were a banker or a corner store or a car manufacturer, whatever, you hired your family first because they were the people that you could trust and you could kind of, you could work a little you bit more. Trust, yeah. um, um, so and then when people started to, to get bigger and, and start to scale their businesses up and they become more corporate, that's when the, the moniker almost of a family business was publicized to go, well, we're not the big guys. We're not a faceless corporation. We're a family business. But really, right. most most businesses have the if they're not already a family business, they have the potential to be a family business because if you're a business owner and you have kids, or you have brothers, sisters, cousins, whatever, you have the potential to to have a family business. So, while I think a lot of the gig economy in the last uh, kind of five years and and people who were let go with COVID and people trying their own things and and being entrepreneurs or being solopreneurs or whatever. As that starts to grow, people might start looking at the longevity of it and saying, well, maybe I can make a, a little business out of this and uh, might be doing half sure. a million, 750,000. And maybe my teenage son or my daughter can help me um, figure out how to, to do some of the social media marketing or can figure out maybe this this new thing of um, Web3 or any of the stuff that the, the youth of today have grown up with and they can come into the business and then you have a family business which you might not have designed your business to be a family business, but that's the way it is. Right, right. So how can people uh, reach out to you uh, if they want to actually talk about succession? How can they do planning or come to some of these events or um, are any of them virtual? How can... Um, how so can, I do run, I, I run a, a, a virtual program called the Next Entrepreneur Academy. So the Next Generation Entrepreneur, Next Entrepreneur. Um, which is an eight-week cohort uh, program where we do uh, weekly calls and there's some some reading and stuff in between. And we talk about different topics and we discuss different uh, topics each week on leading yourself, leading others, coaching, um, having crucial conversations, storytelling, that kind of stuff. Stuff that the next generation, whether they're 18 or 43, like all of this stuff is is uh, relevant because it's it's core leadership skills. Um, but the, the keynotes and, and the podcast and everything else, that's all, everything if is listed on successfulsuccession.com. Um, uh, we have the next entrepreneur Academy there. We have all of the, so as soon as this is published, that will be on there as well. So all of the different, um, bits of information or bits of uh, content that we produce, everything's there for, for people to have a look at. Well, that's fantastic. You've been such a source of information today. Um, this is a really new topic to me, but I think it's going to be critical for business leaders, whether they're a family business or a mid-sized business, to really understand how they can pass the torch on to the younger generation. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great. So you've made it this far. Well, if you've made it this far, you may want to check out the show notes because there's some great resources there that Stephen has provided. There's a white paper that's called What You Need to Know If You Have a Family Business. And there's a great podcast called The Killer Family Business Podcast on Spotify. There's a link there within the show notes. 
go check out those resources now. And we hope to talk to you next time.